0: This is Under Pressure, a medical podcast. Join us with our host, Glenn Clark, as we dive deeper into various wound care, vascular and hyperbaric medicine treatments and conditions. Each episode features a different medical professional providing a multidisciplinary approach on ways to properly heal.
1: Thank you for joining us on Under Pressure, a medical podcast. I'm Glenn Clark, and today our guest is Dr. Adam Silverman. Dr. Adam Silverman, DPM, is one of three medical directors for MVS Wound Care and Hyperbarics. Dr. Silverman received his doctorate of podiatric medicine from Temple University in 2004. He completed his residency at Mercy Medical Center in 2007. He then went on to practice at his family private practice, Silverman Podiatry. Dr. Silverman is trained in advanced foot and ankle surgery, and has his diploma from the American Board of Foot and Ankle Surgery. Welcome, Dr. Silverman. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit, how did you get into wound care medicine?
0: Well, during podiatry school, which is a four-year process, we have a course uh, in wound care. So uh, we learn about wound care uh, didactically, and then we have uh, hands-on experience with wound care as well. So... It started back in school and then continued through residency where we had a wound clinic that we staffed as residents. And then during my last year of residency, I had a friend who, a colleague, I guess, who worked at the Wound Center at GBMC. And it just so happened that he decided to move to Charleston, South Carolina, and there was an opening in the Wound Center at GBMC, and I kind of just slid right in and used what I learned in school and residency, and the rest is history. That's right. Look
1: at how that worked out for you. It's Very It's just well. as simple as that. Although,
0: uh, he's in Charleston, and I'm here, so I'm not really sure. That's a good point, actually. For no, this <laughs> is, wait, wait, we love it here. We love it here. But I, we
1: do. Charleston. Charleston is, is gorgeous. Fantastic. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It is gorgeous. So tell
0: me about what is the most common condition that you treat? So as a podiatric surgeon, I treat mainly foot and Can ankle. Can pause for a
1: second, doctor? Because we've got to address the elephant in the room, which is the podiatric podiatry <laughs> thing sure those that the, you know this we're peeling the curtain back when we yeah. started taping i was really struggling with That's this okay. podiatric podiatry it happens thing. all the time can we see somebody about that who is the
0: board that we see about uh, getting uh, this fixed? actually i am the president of the board right now so well what can you I, do about that i'm doctor? on that for you <laughs> podiatry podiatric we want on that we just need to do something I'll about that will see if i can get that correct right, <laughs> what is what
1: is <laughs> that most common condition that you treat
0: so my scope of practice is mainly foot and ankle Although uh, for soft tissue wounds, I'm able to go up to just below the knee. So the main wound that I see is going to be uh, a foot ulcer. Okay. And most of my patients uh, that I see in the wound clinic are going to be diabetic patients. So I'm mainly treating diabetic foot ulcers, although there are uh, vascular ulcers, arterial ulcers, venous leg ulcers that I do treat less occasionally, but mainly we're looking at diabetic foot ulcers on any part of the foot, although mostly on the bottom of the foot.
1: How are those foot ulcers typically treated?
0: Well, not every patient is created the same. So it starts with uh, an initial consult. And then from there, we determine whether or not the patient has enough circulation to heal. So we may have to send them out for some vascular testing or some vascular interventions with the vascular surgeon. We need to look at if the ulcer is on the bottom of the foot, if they are being appropriately offloaded, or if they need some extra help taking pressure off of the wound from the bottom of the foot, which is keeping it from healing. Uh, We need to look at infections to see if there is an infection present. So we need to see if they need to be on antibiotics. We need to see if they need to be on oral versus IV antibiotics. So it's really patient dependent. And each patient that walks in, uh, whether or not they have a wound in a similar area, so say I see two or three patients in a row that all have an ulcer underneath the big toe uh, or the, the, the big toe joint, they may all be treated differently. So really, each patient gets an individual treatment protocol. The algorithms are similar that we follow. Okay. To ensure that they have adequate blood supply, make sure there's no infection, and make sure they're adequately offloaded. But if I see 15 patients in a day, they may get 15 different treatments. So it really just depends on each individual patient.
1: That's probably not all that uncommon to a lot of different versions of medicine, too. Correct. Right? It, d- correct. It, it depends on the person. I have heard a little bit about um, specialized casting
0: that you do. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? So it's actually one of my favorite things to do for a patient in order to get them to heal. And this involves taking the pressure off of the bottom of the foot. So a lot of these patients have uh, what's called neuropathy, which is a lack of sensation, Mm -hmm. meaning they can step on something and not realize it. Because they don't have normal sensation in their feet. Oh wow! Okay, they could mm, burn themselves and not realize it because they don't have the same feeling that you or or I would. If we stepped on, say, a thumbtack, yeah, we're gonna feel it. Or if we had a screw poking through the bottom of our shoe, penetrating into our foot. We're going to feel it. I didn't appreciate
1: you bringing in the show-and-tell example. Oh, for, I, didn't, I thought sorry. that was a little over the top. I, you know, oh, yeah, oh.
0: I, I'm, I like showing pictures. I'm, I'm willing <laughs> to do anything
1: to help the show, but I just thought that
0: was maybe a bit more. Sure, that's okay. I'll get you healed. Don't worry. Thank you. So <laughs> in order to best address these ulcers on the bottom of the foot in patients that have a lack of sensation, we need to take all of the pressure off, or in this situation, evenly distribute the pressures underneath the bottom of the foot. So I do something called total contact casting, okay, which is a f- plaster and fiberglass cast that goes from the toes to below the knee. And it completely encloses the foot, the ankle, the leg, prevents movement, and then we provide a specialized walking plate on the bottom of the cast, which... We try and place in an area that will evenly distribute the forces underneath the foot, so that there's not focal pressure underneath the area where the patient has developed the ulcer. So this is something that's not done. So I do the the kind of the classic version. I was trained to do the the old school plaster and fiberglass total contact cast. There's a newer version called the Easy Cast, and I don't really I don't like to take the easy way out. I like okay. to. I like to to go old school. Um, What what are
1: the differences?
0: uh, Well, the classic total contact cast involves a layer of plaster and then about six layers of fiberglass. Okay. And you have to incorporate this walking plate on the bottom to take the pressure off, and the patient can't remove it. Yep. The easy cast is designed to work. uh, So that takes me about um, eight to 10 minutes to apply, and then the patient has to wait 20 minutes for it to dry. Um, And that's after we do all the padding and dressing stuff. So you're looking at like a 45-minute to an hour appointment for those patients. The EasyCast is designed to kind of speed up that process. So there's still the dressing and there's still the application of the padding, but the EasyCast is simply a a resin material that kind of gets rolled on and then molded to the foot, and then they're placed into a walking boot. So... It's designed to take the pressure off the same way, except there's a little less reliability on the patient being compliant with my version versus the EasyCast if they don't wear the boot. So the patient can take that boot off with the EasyCast, and then they don't get any of the pressure relief that they would get if they were wearing the boot, whereas mine, they can't take it off. So, so
1: if you're the type of person that you l- do like to take the easy way out, you wouldn't get the same Correct.
0: benefits from, from that cast. And we know patients and they don't like to listen to all of our directions a lot yeah, of the time. It seems like you're looking so. right at me as you say this, <laughs> doctor. No, I, I don't think we know I, I, each other well I, enough for you to cast such a judgment. Not yet. You'd have but, to sit in my chair first. You're, a, you're, a,
1: <laughs> you're 100% accurate. You're 100% accurate in your assessment. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's you know, it's it's like kids with their retainers, if you will. Sure. Like, yeah, you're supposed to wear yeah. them every day. But... Yeah, I don't really feel like
0: wearing it. Yeah, you? but if you got braces, you can't take them off. Exactly right. That's a yeah. great comparison. <laughs> Nothing you can do about that. Nope. They're not coming off. That's My the cast is going. not coming off till I cut it off. When you see me back the next week,
1: um, g- give me some ideas. What are some ways that, that patients, you know, who could have diabetes, can avoid getting a foot ulcer?
0: The biggest thing with diabetic patients is getting them established with a podiatrist before they have any issues. Okay. So I like to work with my internists and my diabetic doctors and the people in the area who are seeing the diabetic patients before they get to me and kind of get them on a or, – or plant the seed that, you know, as soon as you diagnose this patient with diabetes, send them over to my office for a foot evaluation. Okay? It's like someone comes into your to a doctor's office and they do an EKG and they find out they have – a hard issue, they're going to send them to the cardiologist. Someone comes in and they find out the patient's diabetic, send them to the podiatrist to make sure their feet are being checked. So once that gets established, I'll see a diabetic patient for an initial evaluation. We'll do the whole exam. We'll see if they have any kind of circulation problems. We'll see if they have any nerve issues where they maybe are lacking sensation. Um, A lot of diabetic patients will come in and need their toenails cut or they'll Mm. already have calluses that need to be trimmed down. So we'll do some maintenance on those patients. Uh, We'll see diabetic patients anywhere from every two to three months to about once a year. Um, The the better controlled diabetics will be seen less frequently and the patients that maybe need a closer eye to be kept on them because they're not as controlled or they're having more issues uh, will be seen more frequently. The best thing that I recommend to my patients who are diabetic is to make sure their blood sugars are controlled. Sure. And then if your blood sugars are controlled, there's, you're less likely to have any complications. But a lot of times, I'll already see the patients or the patients will come to me already having some of those complications, so that, that numbness in their feet, the neuropathy. So if that's the case, I will send them to get uh, molded for some custom inserts so we can make custom inserts. We can even make custom shoes for diabetics. And those are more prophylactic in that they're going to help them if they wear them, of course. they goes back have, to the conversation <laughs> we had before. There you it go. It's the compliance thing. You, you got to want to help yourself. They will try and prevent the foot ulcers from developing because they can be molded to their foot. Okay. And they can have special or they can have extra offloading incorporated into that insert. So any areas of pressure where they may develop an ulcer will be relieved by these custom inserts or the custom shoes. Wow. So it
1: sounds like what you're saying is it's not like a fait accompli that if you have diabetes, you're, you're going to end up
0: with foot ulcers. There, you can step in and try to help prevent this. Correct. So, just because you have diabetes does not mean you have to develop a foot ulcer. Right. Although, if you are diabetic and develop a foot ulcer, there's a very good chance that you will develop more throughout your Mm -hmm. lifetime. But the sooner, the earlier, the quicker we can evaluate these patients as podiatrists, the less likely they are to have complications with their feet down the line. It's important. Again, as long as they... Right. Comply. You, if, 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 and again, that goes. I think with with anything in medicine, you ha- you have to take
1: it seriously. Any
0: specialty, no matter what it is, one hundred percent. If your patient doesn't listen,
1: you Sorry. Sound, boy, sorry. You, you really sound like a.
0: <laughs> uh, you sound like my mother right now,
1: unfortunately, uh, or well, or my wife talking to my seven year old about brushing his teeth at the yeah. moment. They <laughs> must be really smart people. <laughs> they are <then>. very <laughs> smart people. Very very smart. <laughs> Doctor Silverman, you, you referenced earlier uh, in the show. Um, you know, being in being in medical school, we try to ask all of our guests this. What, what's something that you learned while you were in medical school that you still do or follow or believe to this day in your career?
0: So there's, well, there's one thing that I'd say from medical school that I will follow. And then there's one thing specific to wound care. So, sorry, that there'll be two things no, that's maybe. Fine. That's fine. Um, the main thing that for medical school that they taught us is that... Um, we we take an oath to, to treat our patients um, as best we can and as completely as we can. But I think I said earlier, not no two patients are the same. So I guess what I try and do from what I learned back in school is to treat each patient as an individual and to treat the patient uh, as they present, not necessarily what the textbook might tell you or what a test might tell you or what a blood work might tell you. So I like to use my eyes, use my hands to diagnose a patient and treat that patient's symptoms or whatever they may present with, not, you know, someone told me that they had an x-ray and the x-ray, something looked weird on the x-ray, but, you know, the patient might not be having any issues there and they may be having an issue somewhere else. So we're going to treat whatever the patient presents with, whatever the patient tells you mm-hmm. is wrong Treat that and treat each patient how you would expect to be treated if you were the patient. It sounds like you're saying as a human being, it's not a mathematical equation. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I think it's important. And then the other thing I learned about wound care specifically is if you have a patient who comes in with a wound and they don't have enough blood or they have an infection or there's too much pressure, their wound's not going to heal. So my, I guess my spiel to each patient that I see is I can get your wound healed but we need to make sure that you have enough blood there. We need to make sure there's no infection, and we may need to make sure that there's no pressure. If we do all three of those things, your wound's going to heal. It may take a little while, depending on how bad the wound is. Sure. But those three things are required for wound healing. So, more specifically, for what we were talking again, about. Again, ideally earlier. we get
1: ahead of it a little bit ahead of time and and Correct. you don't end up exactly in that situation. Absolutely. So anything else you'd want people to know about what it is that you do or about how they can again help themselves if they're dealing with diabetes or foot ulcers or something along those lines.
0: For diabetics, so it's very important for patients to help themselves in my line of work. Um but in general, um but for patients Specifically, diabetics. We give them a handout on diabetes education. Um, we try and make sure that they know that diet and exercise are huge components of blood sugar control. So, if they're eating really bad foods or if they're just laying around doing nothing, there's a good chance they're gonna have poorly controlled blood sugars, and there's a good chance they're gonna wind up with some complications, whether it's a foot ulcer, whether it's arterial disease, whether it's kidney disease, heart disease. So. The best thing a diabetic can do is have a good diet and exercise as much exercise as much as they can. For me specifically, we tell patients to check their feet. So if you're not looking at your feet and you can't feel your feet, you're gonna have no idea whether or not you oh, develop wow. a wound. Yeah. So the main thing for a diabetic to do as far as foot checks is when they wake up in the morning, look at your feet. Top, bottom, grab a mirror. Look at the bottom of your foot through a mirror if you can't pull it up to to see. Um, And then wear white socks throughout the day to see if there's any blood. Mm -hmm. You can see that on a white sock versus a dark sock. Wear your diabetic shoes and inserts. And then at the end of the day, when you take everything off, you check your feet again. And if you do that every day, there's a good chance you're not really going to miss anything. And then as soon as you see something or if you see something, you pick up the phone, you call the office, and you make sure you get in as soon as possible, so that we can try and i guess you know prevent like it getting worse from there, right, things from blowing up uh before it's too late, and then we're talking about cutting off ideally yeah ideally we don't we don't want to be <laughs> doing that
1: there's no reason why we should have to be doing that Correct. If, if you're doing Correct. your part
0: most of what we see is. Not necessarily preventable, but avoidable. Okay, okay? So some people have such bad neuropathy or bad deformities that really there's, there's no way that we can prevent them from having a problem. But we can avoid the ones that get really infected or the ones that develop gangrene or the ones that wind up losing a foot or a toe or a leg. So the quicker we see them. The better off the patient's gonna be.
1: If you'd like to find out more about what we've been discussing with Dr. Silverman, we'd encourage you to go to MVSwoundcare.com. Dr. Adam Silverman. Again, we gotta work on the podiatric podiatry, podiatry thing. Yes. I got I need a promise from you that you will at least <laughs> run it up the flagpole, <laughs> send an email
0: something. So we have a board meeting next Thursday. I'm gonna bring up. Can that I come speak?
1: Can I testify at the board sure. meeting? Can I do Absolutely. that?
0: Absolutely. It's a public meeting. So I, I need people to know. I'll give you I'll give you the it's a it's a It's a video meeting. Oh, easy! I can. I'll give you the 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 link and done. You're on it. (laughs) I'm in.
1: I'm in. Dr. Silverman, uh, uh, truly a pleasure uh, getting to meet you and have this conversation. Really valuable information. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. He's Dr. Adam Silverman. I'm Glenn Clark, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of Under Pressure, a medical podcast. The information stated on the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. We strongly recommend consulting a medical professional or healthcare provider if you are seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.